0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today, though, is Asleep on the Job. Asleep on the Job. Have you ever had to stay up really late, but you could barely keep your eyes open? you ever experienced that? Uh, maybe when you were in college studying or even high school trying to pull the all-nighter. You remember how that worked? And, and they already know all-nighters are very bad for studying. The best thing you could do is, is go to bed. Study the, the most you can and go to bed by midnight, 1 o'clock, and get a decent sleep because they've proven that all-nighters don't help your grades. So that's why I did so well, I guess, because I, I didn't care. I just went to bed. But anyway, uh, I remember, too, when I was a, a security guard, I was in seminary, and I worked as a security guard and I could actually study and and kind of watch the place. It was a study position they called them and one time though they said in the summer they needed help in the summer to um, uh, the graveyard shift. They needed eleven to seven, and I had never done it before. So for one summer, uh, I remember doing it. And I was like so tired. I would call Kim just before she went to sleep. I said, "Have a good sleep." And do you want to talk a little longer? like by, by the morning, it was just like brutal, you know. And even the all nighters, youth group. Youth group still takes these all nighters. I I don't go anymore. And uh, but I remember loving the all nighters. And I would go, and I could make it all night, and I would really really have fun with the kids. And I, I used to have this contest when I was a, I was a youth pastor for like 10 years, and I would, have a, I would say, whoever can stay up all night, I'd announce this at the beginning of the all night, or we'd be on our bus, and I'd have the microphone, and I'd say, whoever can stay up all night, I'm going to give you a big money prize. I, well, this week, I'll take you out to McDonald's. You can eat all you want at McDonald's. That was a big deal to the teenagers. And Oh, yeah, they're all going to do it, going to do it. And oh, throughout the night, I'd see them dozing off at the roller skating or the, you know, the game or wherever we were at. You see kids kind of falling asleep in the chair. And one by one, I was ticking them off. But we get back on the bus. Never failed, there'd be about... Ten kids still hadn't fallen asleep at all at any point during the night, and we were driving back on this old Greyhound bus. That's what the church had at the time, and and it was still dark. We're driving back, you know, four or five in the morning, heading back, and it was about an, I knew I had them because it was about an hour and a half back, and I knew on that bus in that dark. Sure enough, they start nodding off, nodding off. And I would be like, oh, you're getting sleepy, sleepy. And I'd sing lullabies, go to sleep, go to sleep. i I really play it up. And it's, but always there was always like one hardcore guy who would make it the whole time. He would, he'd stand up. He'd do whatever he has to do. And we'd get back. I'd say, okay, you won the big money prize. All you can eat at McDonald's. But... And everybody's all excited. He got you. He got you, Pastor Chuck. He got you. you know, they, they'd be like rubbing it in. I said, wait, double or nothing. Double or nothing. What if you can if you can stay up all the way through the day till tonight, I will take you out every day this week to McDonald's for all you can eat. And he'd say, double or nothing. He goes, and yeah, do it, do it, do it. He goes, Okay, I'll do it. And he get all excited and, and I and I knew I had him. I never paid out ever. You know, because as soon as they get home, they're crashing, right? So I never had to pay out a big money prize for the all nighters. But we're gonna see Peter and the disciples fall asleep on the job today and there's some very important lessons for us let's pray father we thank you for the worship and the fellowship we thank you for each one of us being here this morning we pray that your spirit would speak to us through your word maybe someone here has never put their faith in you that today would be the day that they give their life to jesus christ Maybe one of us is, well, we're all struggling with something. though we pray that your Holy Spirit would strengthen us in the spiritual battles that we're facing, the trials that we're going through. We pray for your mercy and grace for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's pick up the passage here. Mark 14, verse 27 we'll start with. And it starts out with Jesus predicting Peter's denial. He says, You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, You yourself would disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Verse 32, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We see here that Jesus predicts Peter's denial, and then he catches him sleeping. Actually, he predicts all the disciples will fall away, and he catches them all. We always pick on Peter, but it was really all of them that had fallen asleep on him. But there's some vital spiritual lessons for them and for us from this passage, some really important ones. As we, as we study why Peter and the disciples fell, fell spiritually while they fell away, while they fell asleep, while they when the cross came, they, they ran from Jesus. It was really a defeat, a spiritual defeat for them. Hopefully, we can learn why we fail many times we all the disciples are us. We were all been on our face, falling asleep here instead of on our face praying right and, and there 's some lessons that we can hopefully learn and start to avoid falling as often. We're never going to be perfect, but make some progress in our spiritual battles. And and really, there's three things on how to live in victory when facing trials, temptations, and testings in our life. When we're facing the trials, temptations, and testings in our life, there's three keys to spiritual victory here that that if we can remember them and and, and live these, and it's going to make a big difference on in, in how we do in, a, in these battles that we're facing. The first one is in verse 29 to 31. We'll read this again uh, 29 to 31, where Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. What lesson kind of jumps out on us? There's three things. Stay, stay, stay. Three stays. Stay what? Anybody have an idea where I'm going with this? Stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride leads to us falling. And this is a perfect example, isn't it? Peter says, no way, not me. And we all know where it ends up. Crash. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. He crashes. Peter says, I will not. What do we need to say? I might, in fact, I probably will without God's grace. Whenever we're thinking about a struggle in our life or a temptation in our life or a testing in our life or we see somebody else fall on their face spiritually or or in some way, don't ever say, I wouldn't have done that. No, no. The vital, 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 vital words is I will do that without god's grace without god's grace that is me no matter how great we're doing it's without god's grace that's me and all the disciples said the same thing right it wasn't just peter they all said we're not going to fall but and we all do that don't we we get these we get these big heads we get big heads we start to do well spiritually because of god's grace and we start to think hey i'm doing pretty well Nobody here, but you might know somebody like that. And, we, and then we fall, we stumble, we, we struggle. We're like, I can't believe I did that again, or I thought about that again, or, or struggling with the same thing again. God, help me, help me, which is the whole point. God, I need your mercy and grace, which is the whole point. That's why he lets us stumble and even fall, because it keeps us humble. It keeps us dependent on him. Very, very important. First Corinthians 10 We'll come back to it a little bit later too, but 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13 really brings this out when it says, verse 12, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation is seized, you accept what is common to man, and God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you are, can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. If you think you're standing firm, be careful you don't fall. Good warning. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. The second thing. So first of all, stay humble. The second one in Mark 14, verse 37. Verse 37. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The Spirit is willing But the body is weak. What is it saying here? Stay what? Stay humble and stay awake. (laughs) Stay awake. He says watch. Stay awake. Stay awake physically and spiritually. For the disciples here and for us. Stay awake physically and spiritually. He says watch. He's talking about being aware, be aware. Jesus, we know, was battling Satan. He was battling temptation. He, we talked about, if you missed last week, we focused on uh, his prayer in verse 36. Get that? But the, you know, Jesus is in a, an intense spiritual battle. He's, he's watching. He's, 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 he's fighting this. Uh, we have to be aware that we are in a spiritual battle. In fact, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1, 5 and 8, he says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Be self-controlled and alert. We are we are in a spiritual battle. We are being hunted. A lot of us are watching Shark Week this week. Anyway, we watch. I love Shark Week. I love it. But anyway, we're watching Shark Week, and and. Uh, I don't like sharks, but I love Shark Week. But, but the, the whole point of Sh- Shark Week is, is you gotta watch out because these sharks are hunting constantly, right? And that's us spiritually. He talks about Satan being a roaring lion. We are, we are constantly being hunted. We have to be aware, alert. He says, be aware, be alert. When I, Get up in the morning and we have those three kittens who are now three cats. And they, they get ready to go out in the morning. They're so funny. They, the three of them are like a little herd. You know, they stick together. A pride, I guess you call it, lions. They stick together. But I open the door. They're all waiting to go. I open the door and they come right in the door and they stop. And they look around. And one will go first and will look around, look around. Take a couple steps out, look around, look around, jump out under the bushes. I'm like, what are you, what's gonna happen to you, you know, here, you're in the suburbs, you know? And then the next one does it. Comes up the door, looks around, steps out, looks around, jumps out under the bushes. And then the third one does it. By then I'm like, booting him in the butt, you know, get out of here, you know? I like, shut the door, you know? But the, but they're like so careful. But I'm, I was, I've been thinking about this. That's what we should be like spiritually. We should be like, Always watching spiritually, being careful of temptation, of attacks. We have to be ready, and we have to be awake. We must be aware and be awake. Stay awake. Stay awake. Stay awake. I, a lot of you know I take my prayer walks, and, and I, I should take more of them. Uh, I, I'm getting older. It's harder and harder to get up. But if I neglect, I, I've noticed that if I go too long without my prayer walk in the morning, I struggle. And all of a sudden, I'm like, why am I vulnerable? Or why am I struggling? Or why am I down spiritually? And I'm like, oh, I haven't been awake. I haven't been awake. And I, I, so I, I need to, when I'm in my struggles, I need to struggle to get out of bed. You know, Even this morning, I woke up early. And I was like, oh, just be nice. The whole family's at the beach. It's quiet. You know, I could, I could just sleep till longer, you know, a couple hours more. And then I was like, I can't because I've got to preach on that verse, you know. So I, I knew I had to get up, so. It got me up. Got me up. (laughs) Stay humble. Stay awake. And then the second part of verse 38, let's go back to verse 38, is the third vital key. Stay humble, stay awake. Verse 38, he says, Watch and pray. Not just being awake, but pray. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The third one is stay on your knees. Stay humble, stay awake, and stay on your knees. Pray, pray. And we talked about prayer a lot the last few weeks. Prayer is just talking with God. It's that constant communication. It's it's communicating with God. And remember how we talked about what we talked about regarding prayer. It's really dependence. When we're praying, we're really saying, God, I need you. Show me what you want me to do. Give me the spiritual energy to fight this battle. Give me the grace to get through what I'm facing. Uh, give me mercy toward other people, just like you're giving to me. Help me to be full, filled with the Spirit and the love of Christ uh, for other people. And it's that constant communication and, and dependence and hearing from God. Now, most times in the Bible, the Old Testament, you'll see that people are usually standing to pray. In Jesus' time, people typically stood to pray. There's no right or wrong way to pray. You can stand, you can lay down. The psalmist David talked about laying in his bed praying. You can be in the car, you can be in the shower, you can be walking, you can be. There's no right or wrong. But here we see that Jesus is on the ground. He's on his face on the ground. It's a sign of the intense struggle. We know from parallel passage, he sweat drops of blood. It was a time of intense struggle. But when we're flat on our face or even on our knees, it's showing what? It's showing that total dependence. Total dependence. And that's what we need to do with prayer. We need to be totally dependent. If we want to survive and thrive in our trials, I mean, we, but that's been our theme lately, uh, th- surviving, not only surviving, but thriving in our trials, there has to be that total dependence. Stay humble. Stay awake. And stay on our knees. It's not, it's, it's not that complicated, is it? <laughs> but why don't we do it? <laughs> why is it so hard for us? This is it. This is the, the secret, Jesus' secret here. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? I know me. It's, it just goes against everything in our flesh, right? That's why. But how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us through his word, through God's word today? What spiritual battle are you fighting? Maybe no, Maybe you're the only one who even knows you're fighting it. Nobody even knows the battle that you're going through. Which of these three keys, these vital keys, do we need to live out? Maybe all three of them we need, but maybe there's one specific one that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Are we humble? Do we realize that we can and will fall the second we stop depending on God's grace? The moment we stop depending... I don't care if you've been a Christian for 80 years. The moment we stop depending... I don't care if you've been living in victory over something for 50 years. The moment we stop depending on God's grace, we can fall flat, and usually do fall flat, on our face. Second Corinthians 10, 12-13, I said I'd come back to that. In Second Corinthians ten twelve 12-13, where he says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Do we think we're standing firm? Think again. <laughs> we need to think again, right? He says, then he goes on to say, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So oftentimes when we get with a temptation, like, oh, this is so powerful, and, and I'm so there's no way I can resist this, or, or we feel so much shame because of what we're dealing with, I couldn't share this with anybody else. Listen, if you're struggling with something, no matter what it is, Odds are there's a lot of people here struggling with it too. We all struggle with the same thing. I've had people come to me, I gotta get this off my chest, a secret sin that's been haunting me. And uh, I know you're gonna think I'm a horrible, horrible, horrible person. And they finally open up and they tell me, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm dealing with the same thing right now. <gasps> you are? Yeah. In fact, I know about 20 other people in the church dealing with it. <gasps> what? But we all struggle with the same thing. Whatever you struggle with, there's a lot of other people struggling with it, too. It's okay to share it and to get encouragement from it. And, 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 and not, don't think that you're the only one. It's very important that we share. That's why it says confess your sins one to another. And that there's a power that's broken when we share that with someone. Find someone you can trust, right? You, know, you don't want to share it with a gossip. You know, Somebody struggles gossip, don't share it with them, right? Right. Uh, But find someone you can trust and share it and and get encouragement. And when someone shares something with you, make sure you hold them accountable and encourage them. And don't just forget about it. Keep talking to them about it. They're going to need to talk about that, okay? Um, Then, anyway, he says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man seize. It's a very strong word there. You know. Once again, the, think of the lion seizing. Or I was thinking about now in the news. What's the big thing? Alligator attacks. Right. We're seeing alligators attacking people in Florida. Maybe they've always been doing it, but now they're being publicized. But they this alligator. If you have ever seen an attack, it's scary. You know. They seize and they roll in the water. And it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But that's the picture here. That's the picture of what. Our temptation or our sin or a, a spiritual attack or a discouragement or depression or you name it. We think of all the things that hit us and seize us and grab a hold of us. That's, that's a picture of what happens. We get seized by whatever our struggle is. It could be an addiction. It could be anything. When it seizes us, remember something. Because we're humble now. We're not, we're not thinking we can't fall. We're not surprised we're getting hit. We're seized by something. We realize, hey, this is something a lot of other people are struggling with. But he says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what we can bear. What can we bear? Anything. Why? Because it's God's grace. It's not what we can do. It's what God can do through us. And look what he says here. He will, all, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God always provides a way out. If he lets us face a temptation, if he lets us go through a trial, if he lets us go through something, a testing, he always provides a way out. He gives a, he, Through his mercy and grace, we know if we're facing something, this is something that by God's grace I can stand up under. By God's grace. But what's usually the problem? We don't take the way out. We don't take the way out. God's given us the way out. Usually it's just turning to him or turning to another Christian or whatever it takes. There's many ways out that he gives us stuff, but we don't take it. And I, I, I remember when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell people, the kids, you know, they'd be like, Why, well, you know, I had to do this. Usually the guy with his girlfriend, they couldn't stop, couldn't stop, because there's no way, it was too strong, they couldn't stop. And these kids tell me about this, and I said, well, I don't believe that, I believe you could have stopped, no, no, it's too strong, too strong. I said, well, when you were in the midst of sexual sin, what if her father had walked into the room, would you have stopped? No, you couldn't, if you would have just kept on going ahead, and dad would have had to be there watching, Right. Oh, no, no, I, I would have stopped. You better believe you'd stop. <laughs> but I thought you couldn't stop. Oh, the light goes on. See, if you really can't stop, if you really can't stop using the drug you're using, it wouldn't matter if a policeman walked in. You would keep on using it. If you really couldn't stop the sexual sin, it wouldn't matter if dad walks in. You'd keep doing it. it, it you get my point? We can't stop. Because our dad is there. He's there. And he's there to give us the grace to fight that. He's given us a way out. Or he might put someone on our mind to call them right right away and say, I need help. Let's get together now. I need someone to pray with. I need someone to talk with. There is a way out. Remember this. Every time there's a way of escape if we will take it. If we will turn to his mercy and grace in that way out. Are we humble? Are we on our guard? Are we on our knees? Mark 14, 38. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. If you need a verse to memorize, and I hope you're memorizing verses. But this is an awesome one. I used to teach this one to the kids. And I taught emotions. It's really, really easy. Watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. I used to stand behind, and they would fall into my arms. You know, we do that whole trust fall thing, and uh, they would—they well, all line up. You don't know, want them to fall, 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 and I'd be catching them all. But that's what God does; He catches us. Watch and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. God catches us every time. Memorize: Are we in? Are we in that constant on our knees? That constant dependence? Are we in that constant communication? ...with God. And that's what communion is all about. Did you know that? Communion is all about communicating. It's all about connecting. It's all about staying close with God. Tomorrow is July 4th. July 4th, Independence Day. We're celebrating Independence Day today. Communion is our Independence Day. It's remembering the cross of Jesus Christ and how he set us free, how he won the war for us by his death and his resurrection, coming back from the dead to prove he was the son of God and has power to give us a new life. We were set free from sin, from death, and from Satan's power by Jesus Christ's death on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead. That's what completed his work on the cross. Have you been set free? Have you ever been set free? Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ and put your faith in him and been given a new life? You can be set free from sin forgiven. You can be set free from death even when you die physically someday. You will live eternally with God someday. And we can be set free from Satan's attacks now. We can learn how to fight against him and and how to be aware of that alligator, that lion, that attack, that shark. We can can learn to fight these battles and, and have victory. Have you been set free John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave his Son to die on the cross for us because he loves us. Jesus died in our place, he took our punishment, and if we will believe in him, the word believe is is a word for faith, in the Greek it means to not just believe in your head, but to believe in your heart, it means to put your total trust in Jesus, complete trust and dependence in Jesus, to forgive us, and to give us a new life. Have you taken that step of faith? And as Christians, if we have taken that step of faith... If you haven't done that, you can do it right now. And if if we have taken that step of faith, are we living in our freedom? Are we remembering our Independence Day, our communion? Are we living in the freedom that we have been guaranteed? In John 8, 31, it says, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then he says in verse 36... So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus died for us to set us free. Are we holding to his teaching? Are we living out the truth, knowing the truth, living out the truth? Are we living in the freedom that we've been guaranteed? We have the power of Jesus Christ to live that. It's not easy. It's a battle. It's a fight. We're hunted, but we can live in victory, progressive victory, through the power of Jesus Christ. Are we living that? That's what communion is all about. And the key is communion. Communion is connecting. We we come here and we reconnect with God. We remember what Jesus did. We cleanse our lives. Whatever needs to be confessed, we confess it to God. Whatever needs to be dealt with with someone else, we deal with it. And... But but this is just to prime the pump, you know, priming the pump to pour the water and to get the pump going. It's just to prime the pump. This is just to remind us that we need Jesus every day, every hour, every minute, every second. We need to live in that dependence, that communion, that communication with 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 God through His Son Jesus. So we're going to have communion now, and what it is, it's the bread. And the grape juice, which represents the body and the blood of Jesus. And remembering how Jesus died and gave his body and blood to set us free. How we take it is we just open up. We're going to have a little bit of worship music playing. And when you're ready, you can just come up and take it and go back to your seat and and pray and take it when you're ready. You could take it with a friend or a family member or all by yourself. There's no right or wrong way. It's just between you and God. There's two reasons why you shouldn't take communion. We don't, take, we don't videotape or take attendance or anything like that. This is just between you and God. If you've never given your life to Jesus, don't take it. Because it's for those who have put their faith in Christ. And, and if you haven't done that, it's, the Bible says, wait. Okay? I hope that today you do put your faith in Christ and you do take communion. More importantly, that you can commune with God. But it's okay if you're in that spiritual journey and you're wrestling through things. And in, in, in time, it'll happen. That's the time to take communion. The second reason is if if we're a Christian already, but there's sin in our life, that we will not give up. Now, notice I didn't say sin in our life because it'd be very lonely up here. I couldn't go either. None of us could, right? But the point is sin confessed. If there's something in our life that we're like, God, you can't have this. I don't care what your Bible says. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your spirit's been convicting me of. Uh Uh-uh. I'm hanging on to this one don't take communion in an unworthy manner but i hope that each one of us does open up our hands and say god it's a battle it's a struggle but i'm confessing it and i'm asking you to help me with this that's communion father i pray that your holy spirit would work in us now As we're praying, if there's anybody here who's never put their faith in Christ, but today you sense the Holy Spirit drawing you to take that step, you can do it now, during this communion time. It's a prayer from our heart to God. Just say, God, I'm giving my life to you. I don't want the sin anymore, the garbage in my life anymore, my life anymore. I, wanna, I ask you to forgive me because I'm repenting. I'm turning away from my old life and anything in my life that, that isn't what you want for my life. Forgive me. Forgive me because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I believe in him. I'm putting my faith in him, my trust in Jesus. I give my life to you, God. If you've prayed that prayer of faith, or if you do pray that during this time of communion, you can now commune with God as your Father any time. You can come to him through Jesus any time. The Holy Spirit is now living inside of you. And you're in for the shock of your life. Because you're going to be hearing God speak to you through his word and through his spirit in ways you've never dreamed possible. You're going to see changes in your life that you never thought were possible. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of his word. And you can talk to him anytime. You can commune anytime. No matter what you need to talk about. He's there. Our Father God who loves us is there and wants to commune with us. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die, so that we could have a relationship with him. So that we could live a brand new life, reaching our spiritual and in our potential and our purpose. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe as a Christian, there's something in our life that needs to be confessed, surrendered. Maybe it's something so strong that you know you need to talk to someone about it, a Christian brother or sister that you can trust. The best way to break a secret sin is sharing it. Doesn't have to haunt us. It doesn't have to have power over us. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Commit to confessing it and commit to sharing it with someone if that's what it takes. Whatever it takes, say, God, whatever it takes, I want to live free. I want to live the life you've called me to live and you've promised I can live. Father, we pray your Holy Spirit would move in a very powerful way through this time of communion. And as we go into the 4th of July and independence, it would be just a constant reminder, even as we're watching fireworks, it's a reminder of our freedom in Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.